bitch. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Bitch, the Chicago. Hey everyone, what is up? It is me, Ewan, and welcome to another episode of the We Love Dad Movies podcast. I could introduce this movie by saying its name, um, but given it's such a beautifully composed piece of music, I feel like the best way to introduce it is to just reenact the theme. So, um... We're doing Broken Arrow! Hey, the Woo season's continuing after the fun antics of Hard Target last weekend. And with me again is Mr. Dan Greamer. Hello. Hi. Was that an accurate rendition of the Broken Arrow theme? I think people thought this. Oh, is is Ewan doing Broken Arrow or a 70s porno? Or is he going to be doing Take My Breath Away? (laughs) (laughs) Because it does kind of sound like Take My Breath Away. It goes straight into Um, Top Gun. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Broken Arrow. Um, I'm coming to the realisation, Dan, um, that John Woo is one of my favourite filmmakers. Um, Yeah, you, you did text me this, that you've you've come to this epiphany i had this epiphany like a few years ago when i was going through all of john carpenter's movies again and i was like wait i'm sensing a running theme here literally all of these movies are like in some of my favorite movies of all time bracket and that's how i came to the conclusion that carpenter is my fave um and woo woo's just great man and uh broken hour is a movie that i only caught for the first time last year um i kind of seen it on the periphery before i know that my dad had like watched it when I came home from school one day and he was watching like the finale on the train um but I saw it was on Disney plus last year and I was like hey I can see a few of my letterbox mutuals have been gassing this up I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on and I had a I had a great time um and ever since I think I watched that like last November I think last November last September something like that um I've become obsessed with John Travolta's performance as Major Vic Deacons <laughs> um he he's insanely quotable in this movie um <laughs> and this is this is probably just me having not seen face off in like a decade nearly um but i genuinely uh, do what? like yeah no i've not seen it in like a decade so next week when we're doing that one i'm i'm going to be fucking i'm really excited to see how that that works out um but watching him in this i'm like oh man i, I could be like, this could be a hipster moment for me but i i think he's more fun in this than he is in face off um Big recency bias, though. Big recency yeah, okay. bias. I'm prepared to concede. Well, we'll see how you feel in face-off day. I I don't think you are... No, this sounds true. I was going to say, I was gonna say you're not correct. <laughs> to be fair, I, I don't bullied you on Twitter this week. I bullied you, you on Twitter. Yeah, we, we... I don't... Put it this way. I don't agree with you, but not because I don't think Travolta's great in Broken Arrow, because I think he is great in Broken Arrow. I just think both him and Cage are so perfect in face-off and this isn't a face-off podcast so i won't run into my love of face-off but no you've got plenty of time to do that next week (laughs) can i can i should i just go straight into my casting opinions with this movie i already have a feeling of where you're going with this but yeah i okay i'm hoping maybe we're in agreement here i don't know travolta is fantastic in this He, he 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 he's got a similar vibe to Nick Cage, where I think when people when the right filmmakers let him let loose, he's incredible at chewing scenery. And this and Face Off and a couple other movies kind of show that. And then sometimes you watch something else where he gets to be a bit wackier, like The Fanatic, 
<laughs> and it's mm. it's awful. I don't know if you've ever seen that yeah. movie. Um, no, I have heard stories. I have heard yeah, tales. Travolta's first line in that movie is, uh, I can't talk long, I have to poo. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it, I mean, we've all been there. Yeah, of course. We've yeah. all been there. Yeah, so I have to leave the podcast soon for the same reason. Um, but he's... Oh, shit, no, fair, fair. <laughs> he's fantastic in, in 90s stuff when he's he's been used in the right way. But I don't know if Christian Slater is the right guy to have led this movie. Right. This is interesting because when I when I watched this for the first time last year, I think I was maybe a little bit in agreement with you. I was like, I think Slater um, is, the, is, the, is the slight weak link. However, upon my rewatch this week, I don't think this power dynamic works with a more authoritative male lead. Neither do I. I think you need... I think you need Slater's kind of meekness um, to contrast with the the brute force that Travolta. And it's weird to say that Travolta brings brute force in this movie, but he really does. Like he's <laughs> he, a bit he, of a tank. He's, he's like, got he's, some um, alpha male energy you know, he's, in this one. He's he, he's got like that whole boxing thing. He's basically a bully. Like they, most of this movie is John Travolta bullying Bob Gunton <laughs> and then so, joking around with his jock pals, being like, "Who hey, fucking nerd?" <laughs> I agree with you about the character. The character is, I don't think, would have worked with a tough guy in the role. Like, I don't think you could have made this with, like, Van Damme or Stallone or Schwarzenegger. But the the character's kind of... The, the Slater in this movie is kind of like a... He's kind of almost like the, the pretty boy of the Air Force. And I think Slater's better in stuff like True Romance, where he plays, like, a little bit of a scuzzball. When he has, like, a, a little bit of a seedy energy to him. And I, I just don't know if he fully... There's some bits in Broken Arrow I think he's really yeah. good. Like... He sells the fight at the end. He sells a couple of scenes with, with the character Terry. But there's certain bits where I just go, I don't know who... Sometimes he works really well in this movie. Like, there's a couple of scenes with the character Terry that he really sells. Like, the one where they've just experienced the nuke exploding. Great in that scene. Um, He convinced me that there was no butterflies after nuclear detonations. <laughs> and um, the, he sells the final fight as well. But then there was just certain points where I was just going, I, I don't quite know if he's the guy for this. And... I was trying to think throughout the movie of like who the best person would be other than potentially Christian Slater. And it sounds like I'm ragging on Christian Slater. You were about to say Slater. Keanu Reeves. Good. I was absolutely about to say Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I know why you're about to say Keanu Reeves. And it's because they have a similar relationship dynamic to um, Point Break. Uh, like, yeah, and I was kind of thinking of speed as well. Oh, that's fair. But I, I mean, I'm thinking more along the lines of like Keanu as a younger, more quote-unquote maybe impressionable character yeah uh, contrasting with the force of personality that would be like Travolta in this so I totally I totally see what you mean um but I I actually really like Slater in this I think the movie kind of like yeah he's not he's not essential to the movie um and I feel like he is kind of he's he is a bit of a wet flannel um but I like that for the function it serves yeah and it's I, I sound like i'm being way more negative on him than i mean to and he is good in it and he's good in a lot of it i think there's certain bits where there's just like little quips and like witty retorts and stuff that i don't think quite quite work in the way that they do for him in other movies i, I can't quite explain it i don't know what it is mm, fair well we'll um we'll give everyone a quick synopsis of the movie anyway um because <laughs> we've we've done for those who are listening right now we've had a bit of technical hoo-ha uh, yeah. <laughs> where uh, Google Meet was not being kind to us, but we are back now. Um, so yeah, Broken Arrow, Wu's second American film. Um, 
This came out in 1996, I believe. And it revolves around two hotshot Air Force pilots who command a jet stealth bomber carrying nuclear ordnance. Um, there's a, so you have Major Vic Deacons portrayed by John Travolta brilliantly in the film. And then you have his, I guess what you'd say is his understudy, you know, uh, Riley Hale, played by Christian Slater. And they kind of have a interesting back and forth where you've got Deacons as this older, slightly, you know, well, more experienced uh, officer um, showing him the ropes. And I mean that literally because he boxes the shit out of him in the in the, the film's <laughs> immaculate opening. God Rope damn this. I love, I love the movie, the, 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 the opening. I love the movie. Very eloquent, Ewan. I love. I love, I love the opening this the in this movie. I love the movie. Ewan Patterson. <laughs> I love. I love the movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like they have that great opening, and they have that little dynamic between them, and they get assigned to do another uh, typical test flight where they've got to try and beat the local uh, radar detection, um, and you know conduct their sortie. And then over the course of this sortie, um, Deacons betrays Hale and tries to. Uh, unleash the nuclear weapons safely, so in their um, in their safe mode, and then sell them. Uh, well, not sell them. His plan is to basically use them, uh, hold an entire city hostage, um, and get a big payday. And yeah, coast on residuals from Volvo, and <laughs> coast on residuals from Volvo for the rest of his life, which is another great line he has here. It's like I'm going to coast on five percent of the earnings, <laughs> safe in the knowledge that I am building. Dividends. One of the safest cars in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love him in this. And that is, um, that's Broken Arrow, basically. Haley meets up with a park ranger, um, played by Samantha Maddis, um, and they have to work together to try and stop Deacons from getting the nukes out, all the while working with uh, Delroy Lindos in this, by the way who I fucking love. He plays Goat. the guy who's kind of meant to be, you know, tracking the nukes or whatever. Um, Bob Gunton's one of Deacons's, like he's the guy who's put the money up for the operation. And also, by the way, Dan, I, I know I know a man who uh, will appreciate this this pop as well. Um, fucking uh, <laughs> Daniel von Bargen as General Creeley, who you may remember from uh, Malcolm in the Middle as Francis's <laughs> um, officer. Yeah. The guy the hook hand. Is this yeah. the guy that I briefly at the beginning of the movie thought was my client side and then got really excited because I didn't realise my client side was in it. And then as soon as he opened his mouth, I was like, damn, it's not, it's yeah. not my client side. Oh yeah, and also um, Kurtwood Smith of Robocop Smith. fame yeah, here yeah. as well, which is which is a great time. Um and yeah, like the the entire film itself, like again, like I should even though I really do like Broken Arrow, uh for me it's not on the hard target levels of, of quality. I mean, um yeah, a few things are. Um, but it does have a lot of great stuff in it, and it's yet more of Wu um, leaning into those Western influences. Um, a lot of this takes place over the course of... I, I want to say this is the Utah desert? Is there a desert here? I mean, I'm, this is where is I it... show that I know nothing about geography. Um, yes. It's a desert that's between Utah and Denver, <laughs> say, say at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 there's, so there's a desert there, but it's basically almost like... Um, it kind of feels a bit like... Um, like like a like Wu's Monument Valley, like the yeah, way John yeah. Ford did shit. Um, and there's lots of great Western motifs here. Um, not maybe not as much as we have in Hard Target. Um, I feel like we both we have... get some great. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was just saying, I feel like we both have um, American friends who are gonna hate us trying to figure out. Well, I don't care, man. Movie set. 
I had uh, there was someone pedantic in my mentions yesterday complaining that I identified John Claude Van Damme's jeans as being highlighted in Hard Target and not his legs, which when I meant the same thing. So I, if anyone's if anyone's going to come for the king today, the they're getting uh, they're going to get hushed, and then <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the John Travolta hush. Um, but yeah, lots of cool like little western motifs in here, and um, the action's fun. It's a great time, and then. I kind of feel this is this is gonna make it seem as though the film is not as good as it is. I kind of feel like the reason why I like this movie so much is because of Hans Zimmer's score. Because <laughs> in any other word, you could you could maybe describe this movie as being over 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 composed. Um, but his his work in this is so great. Yeah, uh, Hans like Zimmer the, can um, overcompose anything that he likes. The rope a dope Deacon's theme. Um, that was recycled for Scream 2 as Dewey and Gale's love theme, uh, which <laughs> is one of my favourite pieces of movie trivia ever. Uh, it's so good. And it lends some really fun uh, romantic connotations to the relationship between uh, Deacons and Hale, um, as Hale basically fights to prove himself as having been underestimated by his old-time ally. Um I love it. Like, it doesn't make... Like, when I read up on how the score was composed and Zimmer wanting to lean into, like, Ennio Morricone motifs from Morricone's collaborations with Leone, I totally saw that. But the score itself, it comes across way more romantic than Western. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite... Um, it's kind of low-key for an action movie, the score. I don't think it, it, it has... As... <laughs> I wouldn't describe it as low-key. No, key. maybe low-key pretty... is not the word, but I don't yeah. think it's as... It's kind of really noticeable, but it's not quite as like bombastic as a lot of big action movie scores are. I don't think. I think it's always just it's, sort of simmering it's not very quite, noticeably. It's not quite up there with the Bruckheimer scores we get no, for like I mean. um, The Rock or Con Air, but it does have those internet. It does have those inflections, and it is interesting as well during some of the moments in this hearing. Uh, very, there are some notes here that are very reminiscent of Zimmer's stuff on Gladiator and also Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> um, you know, he's not beating those allegations uh, of, of recycling his own stuff, but it's a great time, and I really do like it here. The, the music, the music here, blends perfectly, and again, you know, that kind of comes down to I think you know Wu's creative instincts as well, where a lot of his work, you know, the music always matches up with what he's got going on on camera, um, and yeah. It's 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 slightly more the interesting thing, and I think one of the reasons why maybe Broken Arrow, in comparison to stuff like Hard Target and Face Off, um, isn't as maybe highly regarded. I mean, it was a massive, well, it wasn't, a, it was a big financial success when it released. I think the reason why it's maybe not as venerated as highly is because the the gun the gun action is slightly more tapered in here. We get a lot more vehicular destruction. This time, yeah, um, and not as much hand-to-hand stuff. Although the boxing sequences are fun, and when the shooty shoot stuff happens, it's typically enjoyable. Um, but I think compared to you know, like Hard Target, where you have the great street shootout, the motorcycle sequence, the bayou chase, the uh, the the fine the the climax in the uh, warehouse. I think Broken Arrow only has like it has the uh, the the mine shaft shootout, um, the car chase. The, the little helicopter moment and then like the the, the final the bit which even yeah. the train doesn't even have that much shooty shoot going on really um i i think part of it is with this i think there's there's times where this movie is like unmistakably john woo 
and the shootouts are, are very much it. That mind shootout where you've got like Christian Slater like dual wielding diving SMGs and diving and all that stuff I think there's some moments outside the action where to me it doesn't feel as woo as as the the the, the action sequences which is why I wonder if people kind of don't think of it as much when talking about woo's kind of western output like I saw people on Letterboxd over the past day or so just being like oh I kind of forgot this was John Woo Um, whereas when you watch like Hard Target and and Face Off especially um, and even like Mission Impossible 2 um from beginning to end, they're just so, so much John Woo. Like, face-off especially is just so much John Woo. Um, and that, that's where I think this 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 one's a, sets itself apart a little bit because it is a little more... It, it holds back a little more than some of his other movies do. Not much, but just a little mm. bit. I don't know if I I'm totally, off with that. No, I see, what you, I see what you mean, though, but I think to counterbalance that, Graham Yost's script very much leans into those woo traditions of like the uh comradeship and like the the ties that bind male characters and 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 men and whatever um and i would say that out of all the the depictions of like a male relationship that we got from woo in the u.s and again there are a few blind spots that i have here like i haven't seen paycheck for instance so it could be (laughs) a better example here um but i feel like this is the most Broken Arrow for me is most spiritually aligned with Wu's Hong Kong stuff, and not in the action sense, but I think uh, maybe not in the narrative sense either, because it's so bombastic and and you know like it's a massive you know the stakes are massive in this film. You know there are nuclear weapons at at, at loose or whatever. Um, it's it's a very big kind of doomsday scenario almost. I do think that that spiritually like the the narrative core. The relationship between Hale and Deacons, that's more akin to what I would expect to see from a Hong Kong Wu movie than I would a US one. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think, like, I know, like, criticisms of, of Slater aside, I really like him here. Um, I think him and, and Deacons, like, their relationship is so good. And I like how, I like that, I like the just the little box, like, the, the fucking nuclear weapons are at stake and these guys are still continuing their dumb little boxing bet game. Um, and I love how, it's really funny, there's a, there's a delicious irony here that the further, the further Hale kind of undermines Deacons' schemes, um, the more Deacons falls in love with him, um, which I really love. And he get he starts to get annoyed by him. But he gets to the end where he basically comes to the conclusion that, oh shit, I've really underestimated Hale. I love him for this, but I also hate how much he actually knows me. They're like um, Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you have that great you have that great scene earlier on when they're in the, the plane and they're discussing their their misgivings with being, you know, being fighter pilots. Not fighter pilots, bomber pilots. Um and <laughs> he's there they're, they're chatting about their motivations whatever about why they won't leave uh, or why Haley won't leave the Air Force um, and why Deacons hasn't left and Deacons is like oh I just enjoy flying so much or whatever and then Hale is immediately like no you enjoy having the power of God at your fingertips you enjoy this I know deep down that you're a bit of a, a bit of a sicko, but no, maybe not as much of a sicko as I would later learn. <laughs> yeah, I've underestimated. I um, they're the scenes where I, that I really like, like the few scenes that that Slater and Travolta have on screen together. Um, that's where I do think Slater kind of shines, and that's where, like, when I was going before, oh, maybe it should have been Keanu. I don't know if Keanu would have been as good in those scenes. It's at least the other scenes with him that I'm not as sure on. But when they're together on screen they they are both great like especially in the in the finale it's interesting because 
Go on. I do have a bit of a random question for you because mm-hmm. you are in the same camp as me and, and a lot of people, you know, as being a, a great appreciator of tough guy action names. Um, <laughs> what do you think of the name Riley Hale? Riley Hale, it's meant to, it's meant to be a, I think that's meant to be a little bit of like a, like a sensitive name. Riley yeah, it's Hale. like a, that's, that's more, um, that's like a 90s, like boy band. Um, I, I feel like Riley like Hale should only be said in the sentence like Riley Hale should only be followed up with is the hottest guy in school <laughs> yeah 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 totally <laughs> but um, I, I was like maybe they should have called him like that you can't give him a John he's not a John they could have done like no. a Jack Jack Hale I think they could have pulled that one off they're the two big ones right Jack and John but I was like I was trying to sort of wrestle with is this is it the right name for your action no no it, well no you could oh, just yeah, answer the right. wrong question there haven't we like it works it works perfectly and the other interesting thing what I was going to say is that um I think I read earlier on that Travolta was considered for the part of Hale before he got Deacons. And I was thinking, if you had Travolta as Hale in this heroic role, and I'm I'm struggling off the top of my head to think of heroic action movies from Travolta before this, that might be a big blind spot, and I might be out myself as an idiot right now. Um, Oh, if you are, so am I. Like, in my head, I'm like, well, who would you have had to go harder, go one level above Travolta in that? Um... And I don't know. I don't know how you would really. I, I don't know why Willem Dafoe just popped into my head. Um, Dafoe, yeah, no, that would be yeah. interesting. <laughs> the, that's but crazy. I, I didn't know is, that. Yeah, but this is this, this is the cool thing because I don't think this movie works nearly as well as it does without Travolta. Um, he is he is brilliant in this film. Uh, there is just a complete. It, it, it's great because he's a dude who's really good at his job and he's sick of being undermined by like <laughs> by people who control the money but don't know nearly half the shit that he does which is a working situation I'm sure loads of people can uh, can, can sympathise with um, it's just great because he's there he's pulling off his plan like clockwork despite the hitches and Bob Gunton's there going off at him or whatever um and he's just everything goes right, and then he eventually has his breaking moment, breaking point where he like crushes his windpipe and goes hush, hush, and then drives away <laughs> before not before flicking his cigarette onto his corpse in the coolest fucking way ever. Um, My this is up there with um, you know, sorry, like Hard Target didn't have enough smoking in it. Uh, Broken Arrow, <laughs> Broken Arrow more than rectifies it. It's not on the hard boiled level of cool smoking, um, but Travolta is single handedly carrying the. The smoker's uh, torch here. <laughs> the the best... Like, Travolta gets more unhinged as the movie goes on, and my favourite moment of his is when the bomb goes off in the mine, and it just sort of oh. bounces the car up, and he just goes, God damn, what a rush. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's like... um, It's so funny, because this came out, what, the same years? Well, it came two years out, two years after Pulp Fiction, I think, right? I think you think yes. of when Uma Thurman does the line of coke. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it's... Uh, it's a great time, and he is wonderful in it. Like everything about his performance is calibrated to release happy chemicals in my brain. Um, especially down to his outfit. His outfit choice in this film is immaculate. Like that's the kind of wardrobe that I'm trying to emulate <laughs> with, like the uh, the like the the like the not the quite the turtleneck, but like you know the that and the like the the fucking like brown jacket. And the the big jeans or whatever, like he just looks fucking awesome in this man. <laughs> I had to lead back because I was laughing so hard just at like uh, the thought of you going into like a barber's and they go like, "Oh, hey, what do you want?" And you're like, "Give me the, <laughs> give me the deacons. deacons look. <laughs> give me the big deacons, exactly." 
He looks fucking great. Well, this, exactly. dude. Yeah, he's joking. Recently, I was uh, I was at a friend's place, and we were just kind of talking movies because that's about all Broken Arrow. No, um, <laughs> just movies in general. But he said, um, "Oh, I'd seen your, you know, I've seen your letterbox, and I've looked at a few of your letterbox reviews." And he went, "One, one of us, one of the things you love to write is that people chew scenery." And I was like, "Yeah, it's one of my favorite movie phrases to use because." It's the best when an actor does, in quotes, chew scenery and just does it incredibly. Like, there's no more entertaining kind of performance to me than that. Like, I'll take I'll take a, a, a John Travolta in this or, like, a, to give a more recent example, example like a Jake Gyllenhaal in Ambulance over mm-hmm. any movie that has a performance that is up for an Oscar. Like, I will watch this over, like, some Meryl Streep Oscar performance. No no disrespect to Meryl Streep. She's she's good. But I just... You hear that Meryl Streep dance coming <laughs> We're for going you. for you, Meryl Streep. Where's your broken arrow? John Travolta could do Mamma Mia, but Meryl <laughs> Streep couldn't do Broken Arrow. Yeah, exactly. Where's the lie? Where's the yeah, lie? Where's, I, I, no lie detected. <laughs> when I watch an action movie that's done so well, where they do just let an actor do that scenery chewing... It's it's the perfect movie performance for me every time, and I'll never not love it. Like even stuff like the newest Predator movie, which is not that good. I just sit there and just watch Sterling K. Brown in that movie and just go, <laughs> guys, guys having fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fully, fully. Um, yeah, Travolta is just fucking great in this man. His entrance after he's escaped the uh, after he's ejected from the jet bomber and Gunton's doing his whole ah, oh, where is he? Ah, oh, this is so bad. Ah. Oh. Hopefully he died in the fucking crash or whatever. And then he just goes, <laughs> what a horrible thing to say. And then it's boom, 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 boom. You ding, 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 ding. You I see fucking it's love great. it. And he's got the sunglasses. He's walking with a cigarette. Yeah. Honestly, uh, this is the coolest. This might be up there with one of the coolest dudes of all time. <laughs> I know I know he's a bad man, but I want to be his friend. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought this. I remember last year when you watched Broken Arrow. You like telling me how much you loved it, and then I was like, we 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 watched the movie, and then you were excited about recording this one, and I was just like, I can't wait to hear you and just go off about how good he thinks John Travolta is. In this. <laughs> He's fucking incredible, man. Like I'm, it's it's so annoying because whenever I record these podcasts, because I've, I feel like I've got really bad like memory recall. <laughs> there are so many things that as soon as we hit stop on this i'll i'll remember oh fuck i didn't mention this bit i didn't mention that bit i didn't mention this um i just fucking love him in this man um the 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 bit where they're in the mine shaft and um oh no there's two bits right there's two bits um so after uh hale and the park ranger uh the character is called terry carmichael after they track down Deacons in the nuclear weapons convoy, um, <laughs> they uh, they engage in a bit of like a fun like Last Crusade esque car sequence where they jump on the back of the Humvees. They manage to take control of them, um, and then uh, they throw like you know he makes an IED, chucks it onto Deacons' Humvee. But before that, uh, they start shooting at the, the the Humvee carrying the nuclear weapons, and um, <laughs> Travolta is just like. Can you please not shoot at the nuclear weapons? <laughs> <laughs> and then in the mineshaft scene, they literally repeat that because the guy starts shooting it again. And he's like, yeah. "What did I say about shooting at the nuclear weapons?" Times, I told you. The, the, that's <sighs> where the movie kicks into gear for me because I think I think the first sort of forty minutes is why I'm in the camp of 
I like this movie, but I don't love it. It's mm. it's like it's like a perfect like three and a half movie out of I was gonna say out of ten for a second. Then no, like out of five. I think three and a half is acceptable. I yeah. think three and a half is one because like I feel like if if I didn't if I wasn't so obsessed with Travolta in this or <laughs> uh, or the score, like maybe it would be a three and a half for me because I do think you know like compared to other Wu movies, it doesn't go as hard, but. I just I, I I could watch Travolta do this all day. Yeah, it's 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 once they get because the first kind of half an hour is like they have the very they do it pretty early on where Travolta ejects Slater out the plane and then he lands comes across Terry Carmichael who's a park ranger. Yeah, and park ranger. Then they end up kind of walking to figure out what to do and there's a kind of a bit of a stretch of movie where just not much really happens with Slater. Um, and it, it, it's more cutting back to Travolta trying to get the weapons with the the soldiers who are who are looking for it as well. Um, and I'm just that's the kind of bit where I'm not in, into the movie as much because I don't think the the action is is as good when they have the couple of shootouts during that sort of section. But once yeah, it kicks totally. into Slater getting more involved with the action and that car chase specifically, it, it massively ramps up a notch for me. Um, and it gets way more the tempo kind of goes up quite a bit and it gets a bit more fast paced and I mean exciting to, to boil it down to, to the minimum yeah totally um, and like the action scene itself in the, in the mineshaft we mentioned it earlier on like that is where we get most of what we enjoy most about the way Wu frames gun gun based violence um, yeah. you've got um, Slater wielding like a like a, a a nine millimeter in one hand and then a revolver in the other taking down dudes jumping through the air and then he picks up an smg and he's lighting other guys up meanwhile you've got travolta carrying around this little rink-a-dink collapsible rifle mowing people (laughs) mowing his own men down trying to get uh whatever um it's just great i think um (laughs) i just love it like i i feel like the uh, the action there is great um, but I would, I would definitely concede that compared to other Wu movies, we don't get nearly enough of it. Um, but you yeah. know what? I like, I do like the other guy who fights Broken Arrow's corner. I feel like it's nice to have that movie that you fight that corner <laughs> for. And it's you've you've made me appreciate this movie a lot more because I haven't seen this. I don't think I've seen this in like ten years. I think I maybe wow. bought, bought the Blu-ray in like. 2013 2014 and watched it pretty quickly and i don't think i've seen it since um you know i've seen bits of it but not the full movie and then last night i kind of reached a peak of laziness where i was like laying in bed and i was like oh should i get up and get the, the blu-ray for broken arrow and then i saw that it was on disney plus and watched it there instead um, oh no <laughs> i don't know oh, i should be damn. ashamed yeah I, i'm like it takes me like five steps to get from my bed to where my blu-rays are kept um but um yeah, I just went in with a more open mind to it, and I was really enjoying the kind of the the really kind of like John Woo parts, like we were on about, and the the shootout so much more. The I think the fight at the end of it is 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 so good. Yes, I think um I think to talk about like the 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 finale, which just kind of you know that's the whole big that's the show stopping moment where they're, they're all on the train and the nukes are being delivered to denver and um they're like trying to you know slater's been has linked up with delroy lindo and he needs to get back at um at deacons um i do want to dive a little bit more into the opening frames of this film um because they're absolutely beautiful like they are we we get you know the the title card 
and then I feel like it, do we, is it the title card first and then we the camera slowly zooms down out of like the blackness and there's like a white speck at the very center of the frame yeah. and it zooms down slowly and slowly and you see that it's a bo- boxing ring and it's it's deacons on one end and slate on the other it's coming up with and the they're having and then you're having their yeah, yeah and then you're having their boxing fight I fucking love that um and I had the whole like rope a dope thing where it's like, oh, you know, you're gonna you got faint and show your opponent one hand and then hit him with the other and that sort of stuff. And that's that opening is like it's genuinely a banger of a introduction. Like it's I great. love that. It's so atmospheric. Um again, Zimmer's score really works well with it. And then with the ending where where you have Deacons kind of abandoning any pretense of like uh, you know, sound reasoning and committing to just being an insane man um you have that great line where uh <laughs> hails like you're crazy you know that and then deacons goes yeah isn't it great <laughs> <laughs> and they have their boxing stuff and and, and hail gets fucked up as well it's very funny yeah it, he holds his own in that fight too the it... yes he, he does turn the tables eventually but i do like how it's not a case of like just because Hale has managed to keep pace with Deacons physically, that doesn't mean he can just beat him. You know, like I, yeah, it's, I do. Um, he's still he's an underdog right through to the end, which I really like. I do like the kind of thing at the beginning where they do the bet on the on the fight between them. It's, they kind of have those cool lines that make it clear that they've done this a lot of times. Deacons has won pretty much every single time and like almost won't take his money because he feels like it's unfair because he just keeps taking the money off him. What do you um? What do you think is the kind of highlight fight scene-wise of the movie? Oh, well, that's a good question. Because I feel like... I feel like the Mineshaft shootout is, like, the best firearm-related bit in the, in the <laughs> film. Um, but I think that final that final sequence is fun. Again, mainly... <laughs> mainly comes down to the fact that like, we get some really cool miniature work in that final fight scene. We have the, um, the helicopter set piece um, where the kind of trading blows and the copter the chopper you know crashes or whatever that's a really cool moment um but i just love again like it's more like it's almost like it's and this is strange for a woo movie i guess maybe not that strange um given i watched bullet in the head last night and that film does not you know the action in that film is great but the main you know strengths of it are the character work um it's the uh the moments in between the action that really hit hardest for me in broken arrow um like the pauses like we have that really so not only do we have the really creepy bit where um basically uh deacons is like trying to get um the park ranger to set off the nuke uh, or arm the nuke um like on the train um we had that great bit where Haley shows up and after taking a shot from him in the helicopter he pauses takes after, while taking cover behind the nuclear device he like basically pauses and uh, puts his like M ninety three straight up to it, not not like pointing it at his head, but resting it against his temple. And there is a man who has experienced the the exasperation of a work day that has not gone in his favor at all. <laughs> you know, you know the only bit I really don't understand what their plan was supposed to be. Mm. But I know, I know what their plan was. Supposed to be. When the helicopter's shooting at them, and then. Hale's kind of at the bottom of the cliff and Terry climbs up and is like to the helicopter going like, oh, don't shoot us, don't shoot us. And it puts the helicopter pilot in Hale's sight and it's a really great bit where he manages to like use his revolver to shoot the helicopter pilot and kill him. But then they like, 
act surprised when the helicopter is about to immediately crash on top of her when she is literally stood. Oh no, you didn't know where. Well, you didn't know where the pilot was going to land, man. He didn't know whether he was going to put that I mean, thing yeah, down, but... where he was going to lose control. If, if I'm going to kill a guy who's flying a helicopter, Dan, I've never done Dan, it before, listen so to I don't know. Dan, Dan, you are going <laughs> to out-logic a John Woo movie. Listen to yourself. I just thought, would he not go, yeah, he's going to fucking land on her a little bit. Like, yeah, okay, maybe I'm nitpicking. Still a cool scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, are we to believe that this is some yeah. kind of magic helicopter? Uh, any helicopters I've flown have crashed exactly like that one. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah, that's fair. That's I'm, bully- fair. I'm bullying you again now. The, the... Um, but purely because I think the, the, the Chad take here is that, haha, broken arrow helicopter, go swoosh. <laughs> You're right, and it's it's out of character for me not to just have briefly gone, fuck, wasn't it cool when he shot the helicopter pilot? <laughs> the, the Can we go on to the biggest kind of highlight fight scene-wise? And yes, I guess we're kind do. of reaching the end of the movie when we say this. Yep. Man, how hard does Travolta's death go? Oh my god. Like, <laughs> he, um, he's fully committed to... <laughs> he's fully committed to being a supervillain at this point, where, you know, he can't get his escape. So he's like, well, I'm just going to detonate the nuclear weapons. Which yeah, is the alien mustache twirl. Yeah, and that's and that's again that's that Haley called that he from the very beginning he was like I know deep down you like having the power of God at your fingertips and what does he do he wants to wield it in his dying moments or at the at the end or whatever, um, and they have their their great kind of fucking um, you know fist fight. Also, we forgot to mention the death of the heavy in this where Haley swings in like into the train carriage and kicks him through the the. Like the doors, the, gar- the 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 carriage doors, and like he goes flying into the ravine below. That goes hard yeah. as hell. I was like, it that's such great. a cool stunt. It's why I feel like we've barely like gone through the plot in this one. But then I'm also like, if you're listening to this, the you've seen the movie. The plot is very simple. <laughs> yeah, the it's, plot it's, is the plot is yeah. basically pilots lose nuclear uh, betrayal, lose nuclear weapons. They try to get the nuclear weapons. The the, the nu- one nuclear weapon gets set off. Uh, they tried to find the nuclear weapons again. Uh, Kurtwood Smith and the guy from Malcolm in the Middle uh, discussing <laughs> grave numbers in the, in the boardroom. I love a good situation room, by the yeah, way, yeah, in the yeah. movie. Good situation room in Broken Arrow. Uh, and then, basically, Hale and, and Park Ranger get separated, and Hale and Delroy Lindo team up to get on the train and, and, and stop Hale from escaping and, you know, holding the entire city to ransom. Movies don't have enough situation room stuff. Can we tangent onto that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I absolutely. Was give me, so give me your top five a couple situation rooms. When Plane came out. Oh, Plane has a good situation room. <laughs> but it's like... Absolutely. The, the Plane situation room stuff is so funny. Because it's, just do a it's list treating it best like situation best situation rooms. room movies. It's treating it like it's the president and like the secretary of defense and stuff like that. And it's just, <laughs> it's just, the, airline part. just the guys the that company. run the airline. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what other what other good it's situation so, rooms have you got? So I'm, I feel like I feel like I might be making this up because it's more of a mobile situation room, so it doesn't really count as a straight Go up on. situation room. Uh, Independence Day, there's a lot of good situation. No, room I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. That. but I mean, I know I'm, I know you're going to shout out already, so I'm still in your Sunday here. But the Air Force One, uh, situation of course, room. yeah. 
Great situation room. The only situation um, room that's got Glenn Close in it. Yeah, yeah. God, what are the situation rooms we got here? The Die Hard 4 situation room's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, there's that's there's some one. good... Uh, there's some good stuff in uh, in Under Siege. Mm, yeah, good Situation Room movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I want. I, I. That's why I loved it in Plane because I even have the moment in Plane where like uh, uh, Gerard Butler's fighting that one guy, and it kind of cuts back to Tony Goldwyn, who's in the Situation Room. He's just like, I like this guy. <laughs> that's always my favorite moment in these movies when they cut back to that Situation Room, watching the guy fight, and be like, Holy shit, this guy's good. <laughs> Excellent, and I miss it. Heading into we don't I mean, make the like Die Hard territory. D- does Die Hard Two technically have a situation room in the air traffic control tower? Because I need a shout out, yeah. uh, Fred Dalton Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yes, I yes, I also very much enjoy the comedic situation room stuff in Airplane. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's a really Absolutely. great recurring joke. With I the... picked a bad day to stop sniffing glue. <laughs> Oh, great film, man. Oh, great, Luke great film. Guy. Yeah, what a great I've seen movie. That so long. Oh, but... I might. I want to rewatch it this weekend. Yeah, yeah. next episode. Great little double feature: Broken Arrow and, uh, Broken Arrow and Airplane. Airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, actually, you could do a really good '90s triple threat feature of airplane movies. You have this. You have Enemy of the State and Air Force One. I haven't seen Enemy of the State in a in a long time. Also, oh, not, not sorry, not Enemy of the State. What the fuck am I talking about? Um, Broken. What, Broken Arrow, Air Force One, uh, and uh, Executive Decision. Oh, yeah, cool. I was like, what yeah. movie is he on about? Yeah, I don't know I, why I, I said Enemy of the State. I hadn't I seen Enemy of the, the State, state in so long that I was like, is, that an airp- is there an airplane stuff in that movie? I just no. remember Will Smith <laughs> running. So we got a three there. I mean, I've not seen Passenger 57. I know that's I'm a... sorry, what? Yeah, I've not seen it. I don't know. I didn't realize you were a big Passenger Fifty Seven guy. Passenger Fifty Seven has one of the top five coolest lines in cinema history. Are we going to rank the nineties plane movies then? <laughs> okay, yeah. Die Hard Two's on there as well, technically. Ah, uh, it doesn't take place on a. There's no action on the plane. I mean, there's one on a landed plane, but it's not the same. Is I mean, it? do we? I don't know if we have the same. My Broken Arrow. Or... To be fair, Broken Arrow doesn't even have action. Well, there is brief action on a plane. Yeah, Broken Arrow is more of a <laughs> helicopter movie. Just a just a vehicle movie. I know I like this tangent. <laughs> my tangent's my favorite part. Okay, Dan. Right, new criteria: rank movies with vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Speed goes at the top of that list, right? Nah, Big Trouble in Little China has the Pork Chop Express. So, ah, uh, yeah, but it's not in it much. Yeah, I'm thinking like exactly. I'd like say I said ranked movies vehicles. with vehicles in them. Just ranked movie, yeah. It's just great. Yeah, there's like there's a, there's a car. Rank in the every movie. <laughs> yeah, rank any movie set from 1920 onwards. Even before then, man, trains, carriages are technically vehicles, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're gonna rank movies with the vehicle, best vehicle stuff in them, uh, I think the answer is Hard Target because. Mm. Yeah, with you the surfing motorbike. The motorbike surfing. It's yeah. Did you did did you were you in spirit watching that movie on my birthday weekend or did you did you not go for it? I should have, shouldn't I? I didn't think of it. I should have just sat and watched Aww. it when you were watching it, yeah. Man. The vibes the vibes are beautiful. It was a great shall vibe. we shall uh, we briefly bring up our, our plans, our movie our, our dad movie plans? Uh we should probably we'll 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 talk about the ending of Broken Arrow. Okay, and then we, and then we stayed up so much. 
We did, we did. Um, so yeah, we, we've we've done the whole final fight scene bit where they have the box. We didn't even describe jo- Travolta's death fully. So they have the big cool boxing fight where Travolta is absolutely kicking the shit out of Hale, uh, and then Crikey, he's what I've, I've literally forgotten the specific sequence of events that happens here. All I remember is is Deacon standing up to embrace his death with the most menacing like Kubrick stare. It's Ever. basically... And then him ragdolling into oblivion. They're having a fight. Deacon's is kind of getting the upper hand. Hale gets up and does... There's a really good shot of Hale just getting, like, five punches in. Um, yes. On, on Deacon's. There's the one where he does, like, a spinning back punch. I'm probably describing the type oh, of punch incredibly yeah, no, he, incredible yeah, he, hard, he, he, it's, it's yeah. a good punch. No, it's really good. Um, it's... Uh, and then he goes to detonate the rocket and Hale jumps off the train... And then turns backwards, presses the detonate button as it flies yes, into Travolta. That's it. That's but it. My favorite part of it all. Well, there's two excellent parts to it. One is that when it cuts to Travolta getting hit, he doesn't do the typical bad guy thing where he either screams or says like, "Oh shit!" He just smiles because <laughs> he's almost great. like he's almost like proud of the fact that Hales beat him. Like he's like, yeah, I've kid finally got me and then the ragdoll effect basically as it doesn't cut away like a lot of movies would the the warhead hits deacons fires him through the black the back of the train and then you just see him like draped over the rocket as it's just flying out of the train i am excellent I think I need to put that that rag that ragdoll dummy up there with the ragdoll dummy that Harrison Ford gets in The Fugitive when he takes the big leap off the dam. <laughs> I fucking love it, man. That thing's all limbs. I said my brother a great ragdoll from uh, a Donnie Yen movie I was watching the other day as well in the Line of Duty Four, where he just throws a guy off a roof. It's the greatest like dummy just falling <laughs> off a rooftop. <laughs> you can't beat it. Absolutely. Um, and then, like all all great Wu movies. Um, after that moment, they basically live happily ever after. <laughs> Everyone goes home and has a good time. Yeah, they have a little. They, I quite like because the thing in these nineties movies is when you have the male, a male lead and female lead, which all these action movies do, they inevitably fall in love at the end because, of course, it, Speed addresses it the best with the like uh, relationships based on trauma line. But this just kind of like hints at it where they kind of shake hands and they actually officially introduce themselves to each other. And then the kind of handshake goes into more of a handhold. Yes, and it works. Yes. I'm gonna give it that. You know, it works. I, I I think it's I think it's chill. I think I think honestly, I would have bought a smooch between them. But I would have bought a big smooch between uh, Chance and and uh, Natasha and Hard Target as well. I legitimately <laughs> thought you were about to say I would have bought a smooch between Travolta and Slater. <laughs> oh no, fully. That's I mean that's the big kiss we were denied here. They needed that's, they needed to like. Moment. They needed to kiss that shit out. Like it's so great because it's a whole the whole thing is you know it's like as we approach the climax of the film, like um, Deacons doesn't know whether he wants to to fuck Hale or strangle him with his intestines. You know it's like a yeah, complete yeah. like like I I love I love this man, but I fucking hate that I love this man because he knows so much about me. I want to <laughs> beat know? him, but I also want him to beat me. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, it's like a win win for Travolta. That, that's broken arrow. That's it broken is, arrow. yeah. We, we we persisted through the technical difficulties, our own little electromagnetic pulses. Um, we had some technical difficulties. All these, we had some tangents into situation room talk. 
It's been a. We're going to have to debate more, more time for the situation when yeah. we talk because <laughs> we'll it's do vital, a vital discourse. <laughs> I feel like this has been a more all over the place uh, run through the film than we normally do, but yeah. I've, I've quite enjoyed today just like sitting back and hearing you talk about how much you love this movie i really i really like hearing it i really really do like broken arrow like for me it is a four-star movie um but it's not it's not like it's not in my all-time favorites ever or anything like i, I have enough i have an affection for this film um but it's never like it's never gonna be on the level of like a high target for me or something really can't wait now to see what you think about face off having not watched it honestly i'm so interested because i remember distinctly thinking it was just okay when i watched it when i was younger oh um so but i think given given how much i fuck with broken arrow like i've got got, got to really enjoy face yeah i don't i don't want us to fall out No, no no i i will enjoy that movie i think it's just me being a bit of like a everyone goes to face off as they go to like American Woo movie. Yeah, I, I get feel it. like I get it. like that film. Like, it probably probably just grates on me. Um, but like that film is probably like it's got way more craft than it maybe gets like credit for, and people kind of reduce it just to the the, the batshit performances given by Cage and Travolta. Yeah, um, no, I get it. I so get maybe that. maybe I just I maybe it's just the face off discourse that annoys me more than the uh, the movie itself. But I'm looking forward to watching it again. Is my point? I'm looking forward to you seeing it again. A pretentious manner. Yeah. <laughs> And if you have bad takes um, on it, Zan and I will just talk over you for an hour. Yeah, no, both of you will clobber me to death. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. Pr- it's not gonna be another Demolition Man sequence. It's not gonna be another one. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't handle two of those. Yeah, Dan, you should. Um, you should because you teased it earlier on. You should. You should tell the folks at home a plan that is concurring. Oh, concurring, occurring. It's not concurrent with it's anything. Concur- it's yeah, occurring. no. It's- we we uh you and i were getting into our sort of dad movie talk as we do regularly and we discovered that a bunch of harrison ford movies are playing at ewan's beloved tyneside cinema um mm-hmm. so you and i are seeing air force one on the big screen <laughs> i'm so excited i for cannot you. wait yeah it's great it's um, such a good movie i'm gonna be attending all of these shows like I'm, oh I'm gonna, for sure like i need whole oh, i can maybe do without patriot games because it's the, it's the one like of, of the of the Harrison Ford Ryan movies, I understand why they've gone for that one because uh, it's the first one. Um, but are like, they not showing both? Clear impress- nah, just Patriot Games out of those. They're not Weird. showing Clear and Present Danger, even though I think that one's like way clearer of Patriot Games. I imagine um, you'll definitely be at Witness, right? Oh, fully. Yeah, they've got yeah, a thirty-five yeah. millimeter showing of Witness, and they've also got the Fugitive. Um, yeah, Fugitive which, is a great one to see on the big screen. Which I'm both attending we've already we've already covered witness so i won't be repeating that but i will be doing a fugitive episode after seeing the fugitive wonderful Um, wonderful and obviously air force one will be getting covered here um and it's great because you can just we can just record it here and yeah that's one thing we have to do an air force one episode straight after we see it right yeah yeah (laughs) exactly um and i'm super hyped to show you the time side cinema because it's literally where i live Yeah, I'm really looking. Just, I've never I been hide, to uh, Newcastle. I hide in the walls there. I hide in the walls <laughs> of the Tyneside. Well, we we um, were talking about this because I'm so like jealous of in Warrington where I live. There's two cinemas and they're big chain cinemas. So we have an Odeon, which yeah, is the one I, I go to regularly, days. and it's a good Odeon. It's a Lux Odeon. It has recliner seats. It has a Coke freestyle machine, and they do show <laughs> some older movies nowadays. But it's always a lot of bigger ones. So you kind of don't get to see as many kind of lesser 
known classics, if that makes sense. Um, mm. So I do, I, you know, I, enjoy, I saw Robocop there last year and I saw Starship Troopers for the first time on the big screen. And uh, and when I say for the, I mean, I don't mean for the first time on the big screen, I mean for the first time. Oh, that's a lot of introduction. Screen. Yeah, and it was great. Um, but I, I, they don't really do stuff like this kind of like Harrison Ford a thon that, that, that Timeside Cinema's having. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm very, great. Uh, very jealous of that. Last year, they had like a big summer cinema thing where they had. I saw the thing. I saw Big Trouble in Little China. Um, they had fucking Zodiac. They had they had loads <laughs> of stuff on there. Like it's it's a great time. Uh, they have been in black, which I didn't get to see. They? Honestly, dude, the, it's it's the city of dreams. <laughs> it's, a, it's a city of dreams. Um, purely just for the Tyneside. Uh, there yeah. are also lots of other good places in Newcastle, but the Tyneside is a great old time. And again, uh, would recommend if you're in the area to go visit it and support it because it's an independent charity yeah. and they deserve your business more than the big chains do i'm um, sure i'm sure twitter people will see you and an i broing out over air force one <laughs> in a, in a few Mate, when, time. when when he says get off my plane i'm gonna be looking intensely at you looking at the <laughs> screen and taking in all the joy and wonder yeah i'll be crying <laughs> I feel like this is an epic pilgrimage for you. Yeah, like I'll be smiling and you'll just see a single tear roll down my face. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this this has been the Wheel of Dad Movies podcast. Thank you all for tuning in for the second installment of our special. What's our special? We're just looking at John Woo movies and they're a great time. Um, before we go, I want to give a quick shout out to our patrons. Thank you so much to Christopher Darby, George Jackson, Thomas Mulgrew, Shaka and Josh Brown. Your support kicks all the ass in the world, and uh, it makes me very happy. Everyone there deserves to listen to the Broken Arrow theme ad infinitum. It, it's fucking great. <laughs> um, remember, if you want to go support the podcast, you can do so by going to Patreon and looking up Wheel of Dad Movies. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, where we're Wheel of Dad Movies. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at Things, and on Instagram, on the same handle, and I'm also on Letterboxd at Patterson. So... Yeah, that's all good there. Dan, where can everyone find you? Um, mainly Twitter at DanGreamer92 and Letterboxd at DanGreamer. That's uh, G-R-I-M-A. Mainly just still watching Donnie Yen movies. I love it. It's a good kick to be on. Oh, it's fun. I'm, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. But yeah, uh, until next time, don't go don't go stealing any nukes. Um, <laughs> and smoke all the cigarettes you can to look cool. <laughs> And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.